Hey everybody! Welcome to a brand new episode of Pillow Fort Pub. This is episode seven, if you're keeping count. Uh, my name is Anime Flux. I'm his act, and with us today is a special guest. You probably know him. You probably love him. It is Doxy. Hello. Hey, Doxy. Good morning. All Actually, right. uh, I assume it's night over there. It's night for me. Yeah, that's right. You're over in uh, you're over in Japan, right? That's correct. Awesome. So, what time is it there? Ten sixteen a.m. Shit. Damn. Is he in tomorrow <laughs> in or is future. he in yesterday? I'm I'm in oh. Tomorrowland. Ah. He's living in the future. Yeah, I'm in the future. Everything that you guys experience, I've already tasted it. And I <laughs> got some opinion on it and thrown it away. Oh yeah. gosh, Doc. I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Run for it, Marty. It's kind of funny. It's like New- <laughs> by the time New Year's shows up on uh, on Reddit or whatever, I'm like, oh, whatever. We're still doing that. Done that. We're still doing this. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little it's a little different than what I'm used to. Man, how uh, this is actually probably getting a little ahead of ourselves. But um, how long have you been in Japan? Oh man, every time I'm asked that, I'm asked that in Japanese, and I start to squirm. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's very easy in English. In English, it's two years approximately since 2015, December 2015. Okay. So it's been a while. So you've had time to adjust and... Yeah, so I had enough time to come here, go, yay, it's awesome, then go, uh, then go, whatever. That I, <laughs> that whole... <laughs> now it's just like, you know, am I going to live here? I'm going to just do what I did before, but in another country, or am I... Whatever. That's where the situation I'm at now. So whatever uh, honeymoon is long gone at this point. I okay, kind of assumed yeah. that. I kind of assumed that's how it would be because I've had dreams about doing that, but I'm like, you know what? I would probably just be the same old miserable shit that I am now in another place. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. I mean, you basically build the same cocoon you had where you used to live in another exactly. completely different place. Exactly. Yeah. So same cocoon, different language, basically. Different language. Everything is way harder to do and you can't really talk to anyone. So it's like even better at isolating yourself. You just don't have a choice now. I took a, I you... took a uh, Japanese class earlier this year, a 101, a Japanese mm-hmm. 101. I already forgot almost all of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I went to Japanese school for a year and three months, and uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And all the people who did really well were young, and I'm not young, and I have no free time. So it was. I would say do this when you've got free time and your brain's still ready to accept new knowledge. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it later. It was the the class I took was really freaking hard actually, but I got a really really high grade, like extremely high. But uh, it was so stressful. It was so stressful, and it was just one single class. That's all I took, and and it yeah. totally engulfed everything in my life during the three months I was in that class. I was like, oh my god, and I didn't have anyone to practice it with. It was the class was from, I think it was about three months, yeah, but it was only an hour long every day. That yeah, no. Seem like enough my time. days, my days were it's at least four hours every day, five days a week for a year and three months. Fuck. See, you, but you probably remember a lot. You could probably speak to. People, I can probably right? remember like, a lot, but <laughs> it, it was. Uh, whew, we could talk about this forever. Let's just oh. say <laughs> I learned. I learned things, and the things I learned weren't the things I went to learn. Mostly oh. about oh. my own. You know, mostly like, oh, man, it's like. I was like thinking back, I was like, I remember having learning difficulties in, as a child. 
And I'm like, do I, do I have, like, questioning my <laughs> previous school, like, was I stupid as a kid? Like, was I dumb back then? Like, was I lazy? Because your parents always say you're like, oh, you're just lazy. You don't apply yourself. I'm like, I'm like, I'm really applying myself really hard. I'm still not doing well. Jesus. I guess Dad, I'm stupid. You know, what's, you know what's worse than that is when your parents, like mine, are fucking overpraisers. And then you mm. never apply yourself to anything again because well, you're you like, oh it, fuck, get, yeah, you, I'm the fucking best. I don't have to do shit. It. It's like uh, it's like when internet first showed around and people artists were just getting their unloading their art immediately and getting the praise and like that's it, I'm good, guys, I'm out. Like you almost immediately get your feedback and then whatever confidence you can build from satisfying yourself is completely erased with flattery. So yeah, yeah, that immediate feedback and overpraising can be a problem. Yeah, that's how I was raised. It's horrible. Yeah. Don't overpraise your kids. Don't do it. Tell yeah. them they, they tell tell them they need to do better, and then they tell them even if they're, they're doing super good. Just be like, nah, you doctor yet? Talk to me when you doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what the perfect mix. I think there's probably a good mix, but it's probably yeah. somewhere around. Uh, not saying everything's awesome and not shitting on them constantly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have kids. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, no, no one our age does. No one cares. <laughs> so yeah. weird. And I don't plan to. So yeah. Me neither. Fuck no, that. no yeah. children for me. Yeah. I I've seen, so- I've seen the YouTube fan base. I don't I don't want any of that. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, what a fucking otherworldly place. Wait, what? Which? Just what are we talking about? Just the whole YouTube fan base. Everything that makes YouTube popular is twelve to oh know, children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just what they consume yeah. is so it's so vapid and retarded and it's like wow this is what it, it is, is now. And, and there's a super uh this big feeling of entitlement about all of it oh know? god it's yeah like, if this is not exactly what i want yeah. you know fits specifically within my little niche of tastes then fuck it to hell it doesn't it shouldn't exist you know yeah it's and shocking it, oh it's boy. Shocking boys and girls Go ahead. No, it's just shocking coming from a world where I'm peeking a little on my side. Let me rebalance my noise here. Uh, it's shocking coming from a point where it's like, I mean, uh, not to eight, not to date myself, but you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who experience this, like, oh, I like cartoons. Gotta wake for Sunday, like or Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like thinking about it, it's like, man, if I was a kid and everything I ever wanted isn't on either an iPad or on YouTube, which is also on the iPad, I, I'd do nothing. But that I know, yeah, I'm glad sounds, I'm not growing up in this culture right it now. It sounds so awesome. Comic books <laughs> are 3D and move around on the screen, and it's like just crazy. I kind of, you know, talk about Saturday morning cartoons. I, I miss that sense of anticipation. Me too. Because, like, you know, you'd have you'd have an episode of fucking Ninja Turtles or whatever, and you'd be like, oh man. I can't wait to see what happens with the Technodrome or yeah. you know, Krang or whatever the fuck. And you have to wait a whole week yeah. to find out I mean, you know, what's going on. You, we say this, but if someone came up to you, some mysterious stranger said, I'm going to give you a little window and it's going to give you all the Ninja Turtles episodes ever. You'd be like, y- yes. <laughs> what? So it's You have it's, a point. It's I, a hard argument and I'm to sure make. anyone listening to this right now who's like, 25 or under you're like you bunch of old shits yeah you well, know that's and the you're thing. and you're right but what'd you say a lot of our followers i'd say vast majority at least for me are significantly younger than me yeah i think a lot of mine are i know a lot of mine are but i get but, what you're uh, saying about 
that sense of anticipation, it's gone now. Like, when Netflix comes out with a new show, it's already there. Like, you can sit and watch it for an entire day. And I get, get, like, fatigued by that. I love that when I have to wait for the next episode, like, next week, I have time to, like, (laughs) like, deflate because well, you've had time to mull over what you've already seen. Yeah, and so I get like, like I get like weird. I get like all oh, sh- like if I sit and watch something for too long, or if I sit and read my book all damn day like I did today, I get like weird. I get shaky. I get oh, I need to go outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now we've said all this, but also Stranger Things comes out in ten days, and I you know. better fucking believe I'm gonna sit there and watch the whole thing. Me too. In one sitting, and I'm gonna hate myself for it. Yep. <sighs> It'll be great. I'm going to wait I on I can it. love Stranger Things. Ugh. I'm going to wait on Stranger Anyways, Things. <laughs> enough about us old fuckers. <laughs> old coots. Welcome to the Old Fucks Podcast. Hope you like it. <laughs> remember when you had I to, remember back in my day. When your video games had <laughs> cartridges, bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. No, I don't know. We called it Japanese animation, and by God, well, we liked it. I, I come from a world where Japanime. we called it Japanime. Yeah. Japanimation. Yeah. And God, and they man. also the it's it's other it's cousin Japornimation. Oh yeah. Oh god, that and was a thing. Emojis yeah. were called emoticons. Yeah. I remember emoticons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't don't emoticons. I mean, can, oh, I guess no one uses emoticons anymore. Is that a no, thing? No, now they're emoji. Um, emoji. I mean, I've been I've been hearing the word emoji kicking around for like fifteen years. I guess it just came to it came to its own. Yeah, as, I guess. as the I primary guess. source I of. I still try not to say it just out of pure stubbornness. Me yeah. too. I just remember back in the day when you were an idiot and you were on the internet and your Internet Explorer browser would get like 50 bars at the top full of like virus-filled emoticons. <laughs> well, that makes, button that's bullshit. Those are yeah. like racing stripes for computers. So that makes them go faster. <laughs> they were so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, uh, AIM. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. died. Yeah, you know, yeah, oh, God. I kicked I kicked open my my yeah, was it Yahoo Instant Messenger? Yeah, that's what no. Is that still around? Yeah. I don't think it was I think it was AIM. I think I kicked open AIM just recently. And I was like, this thing was bumping so long ago. What's shocking is like how like I was like, man, a few more years this is gonna be a decade a two decades old account. With still talk. people on it. Oh, yeah. And no one used... Yeah, it's so weird. I still talk weird. to a lot of the people I had on mine. Like, we're still friends. We just use Discord now. It's so weird. I don't talk to anyone that used to be on my AIM. I was a completely different person Aww. back then. Were you a cooler person or a less cool person? No, way less cool. Oh, what happened? And I'm not very cool now, <laughs> so... <laughs> I was about to say, like, you say that so confidently, Hey, fuck sir. you, Hizzy! <laughs> What are you trying to say? You're not cool. You're not cool. Get your ass back in your house. What what makes there. what makes you more cool now? Uh, I give less of a shit than I gave when I was well, fucking fourteen or fifteen. Oh well, I mean, you can't game. stop that. It makes You're you 14, cool. 15. I don't know. I mean, no, you have Hizzy. You, I told you about this. Like, I was very fucking uptight and like no i have to get my my grades have to be perfect and blah blah because my parents were crazy about it when i was a teenager so like i just i i was very serious about everything and i couldn't take a joke like oh fucking ever yeah that's not cool yeah yeah i was not liked 
I and uh, looking back, I don't blame them. So, well, yeah, you know what uh, Eddie Eddie Izzard would say: "You're either looking cool or dead." Or dead. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got no knees. <laughs> I can love Eddie Izzard. So, what, uh, what what made you cooler then? What what was the key to that? Uh, caring less what other people think. Yeah, how that happened though. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Good just, question. Just Probably when you disengaged from your parents, I'd imagine. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with moving away and experiencing the world not through their prism yeah. of uh, of rules, you know? Mm. Hear that, uncool kids? Leave your parents right now. Just get the fuck out just get right out. now. Just leave. <laughs> don't worry about anything else. You'll make you instantly cool. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! We're gonna be like sued. A public service announcement from Doxy. Just yeah. that and smoking. Just smoke and leave their house. Those two things. Do- Perfect. Doxy says, "Move away from home and go to Japan." Go and smoke. <laughs> smoke. I'm the person. As a person who's done this, don't do that. <laughs> unless, so unless you wouldn't recommend uh, doing. What I you would do. do it. Here's the thing. I'm. When I was in school, I was surrounded by hundreds of people who all had rich parents and had a bunch of free time. If you're a rich parent kid and you have a bunch of free time, fucking go for it. Because that's the kind of people who go, get to do it. If you're going to go there, parent. if you're a rich parent yourself, and have <laughs> right. one, you do it as well. But um, the problem is if you go there and then you attempt to maintain your business and have sanity, fucking stop. It, it's not going to pan out. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so it's more expensive too, right? Like it's more expensive where you are now. Well, it's actually not that expensive. But I live in when I was in Canada. I lived in a city that was remarkably as expensive as Tokyo without actually being Tokyo. So it was kind of like my my argument was I could live in Tokyo and be in Tokyo for the, for the same, same cost, approximately. Um. Uh, the thing with Japan and food is if you really want to eat cheap, you can eat dirt cheap here like I've never seen before. So yeah. if you really want to eat dirt cheap, like two bucks a day, you can totally do that. But Holy shit. But uh, you're eating garbage rice and garbage this and garbage. Regardless, it's about the same. Like, I mean, I'm not... Mm, most of most of Canada costs in most urban cities costs about the same as most urban cities. I mean, not, we're not talking New York and la but you know the smaller ones yeah so, i live in seattle you know, it's fucking ridiculous so rent you yeah. rent you know i was used to rent being around you know canadian it's 800 to 900 which is around 650 uh, 700 oh my god uh, that's so cheap oh my god. yeah i know but now my rent is around 13 1400 you know but you know i'm splitting oh god, it's still cheap, so cheap. But I like I said, say, like, you guys you're with you're with other people, right? You're with yeah, I'm with other people. Yeah, no, it's uh, but you guys are in a, a unique situation on being uh, on the West Coast, where everything's ridiculous when it comes to specifically the uh, that market. But I mean, you're not going out and buying you know apples for five dollars, which is what you have to deal with in Japan. You you got cheap apples cheap are five dollars for like yeah. one apple. It's like. Do you, do you guys want to go down this tunnel? So in Japan, I don't know. I mean, like, we're filling up time. Like it's, I'm enjoying if it. You I don't know like, what you guys are. If you like fruit, all right, 
you are in for a treat because that means, and by treat I mean that you're going to be completely, utterly disappointed. Everything is seasonal. <laughs> so if you want plums or prunes, it's not in season. There are no plums or no prunes. There is no Mexico. There's a bunch oh, of embargoes. Yeah. So you Import just sit there. It's probably not good there for that. It's not only that it's not good there. They, they ensure there isn't outside forces to try to uh, protect their farmers and their industry ex- wow. aggressively to the point where there's only one rice in Japan you can really get, which is sticky rice. <clears throat> so wow. if you want a plum... Well, tough titties, you gotta wait like six months. But what's amazing is that Japan's kind of done this thing with their fruits and vegetables, mostly their fruits, where um, they they probably throw out bushels full of apples for the one apple because each apple is like picked to perfection, and Hmm. and so you can easily Mm -hmm. go to the store. First of all, all the apples are way too big. Like you gotta cut a knife. It takes me three days to eat one apple. So there's that. Oh my god, that's amazing! I, I saw there was like a documentary where they had like massive strawberries and like white mega, strawberries. Mega they strawberries, were like really expensive. So, for instance, usually an apple, one single apple, can cost you two to three dollars if you get it on the cheap. Uh, it can go up to eight or nine dollars if they're expensive apples. Oh my Shit. god! Gr- grapes, you're right out. You're out of you're you're the only time you can get any cheap grapes are when you get tiny table grapes, which is like the western variety. But the second you touch any of their specialty grapes and their Concord grapes or anything like that, it's about ten to thirty dollars. Fuck. Fuck that. <laughs> and then watermelons are even more amazing. And watermelons, I mean, they start up at twenty, they may be on special at fifteen, and they go all the way to hundred. So <gasps> garbage food in Canada, for instance, a watermelon's just a piece of shit you buy and you eat it and that's it. You're done with it. But here it's like a moment. Like when you buy it, you bring friends over and you cut it and you like it's completely different world. And the problem is if you're like a vegetarian, that means you're spending steak money on friggin' fruits and vegetables. It's kinda shocking. Yeah, that's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. So oh. there's a weird disparity and a limitation. So you get used to like like Japanese staples are cheap. Rice is cheap seaweed is cheap any of those like base ingredients are cheap 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 the second you want like i'd like i i'd like some grapes oh, well that's expensive i'd like uh an apple it'll be a very big one and you're not going to just eat it after workout you're going to make it's like an event every damn fruit here is an event to eat instead of it oh, just damn. being something you consume really quickly yeah I would imagine that most like common fish and stuff are also super cheap too just because mm. yeah so there's Stable. one thing I want to say about that. Uh, if ever you've been a, like not a fan of fish, my one uh, suggestion is go to Japan and eat fish in Japan because their garbage tier fish is like premium quality fish. Yeah. Dude, from what I've really? had in the West. I don't know if it's how they catch it, if it's the daily fish market, if it's the fish mongers or it's whatever the deal is. But salmon, like, it is so rare for me to get garbage salmon. And you just buy salmon, you cook it, you don't put anything on it, and it's, like, the tenderest, most delicious salmon. Like, I'm like, I can't believe how good this salmon is. Uh, it's cheap, and it's really good. And, I mean, Japan's known for their fish eating. So, I yeah. I just didn't expect to be converted slowly to a fish diet. Because I couldn't stand most fishes except for salmon. But cool. I it had to do with just... You know, being introduced to the... Like most things that are you don't like, it's because you had a really bad version of it. And then you went, this thing yeah. sucks. 
Well, that's I'm I'm really fascinated by this because uh, from the few types of fish I've had here in the states, like I have allergies I've discovered to certain fish, and now it makes me wonder, based on what you're saying, like is it the fish itself or is it because of what goes into fish, uh, you know, here the industry, the fishing industry, and how it's brought to your table? Because I think in the West there's more steps. I think in Japan it's almost straight from trolley to table, but in the West there's vessels catching and it gets processed through all these different channels so it might be a little more complicated a little harder to do to get straight right. straight boat to table man that's, that's really crazy cool. sorry yeah. that was amazing like i don't even know if our listeners give a fuck but that was incredible uh, well, i love hearing you know that. you just snip snip that right out and just have a play a song <laughs> And listen, when when I hear people talking about Doxy, they're like, oh, yeah, he's the artist that lives in Japan, but he's, like, white or whatever. Like, he's the guy who migrated to Japan, and he's a hentai artist living in Japan. That's, like, always the first thing people say lately. Is that what people say? Man, I've done so many other things. I thought I'd be... I mean, this is the easiest part. I it's hate the easiest thing to do. Too, but that's, it's like, a one of the biggest things. dollars airplane ticket. That's the, one well, of the biggest I, things, dude. It really is. It's, like, it's when, when people... When speak, people speak of Doxy... Uh, they they speak of you as, uh, in a way that like you are living the dream. Yes, you are exactly. you are living the way that oh, every every it. kid growing up who wants to draw anime and move to Japan and do it alongside their favorite artists and stuff like that's you. That's you, oh, man. No, I'm ruining it. <laughs> no, you're not. You're giving a dose of fucking reality. No, the, yeah. it's not as I appreciate. Man, this like part. I said, the, the the honeymoon's over, but honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. The the thing is, you know, uh, I've been on a visa. I mean, to be in Japan, you have to be on a visa. And I've been on a... I was on a visitor visa, then I was on a school visa, which, you know, were I able to eke it out at school longer, I would have, but just school ate at me. And it was, it was killing my drive to learn. It was killing... I wasn't really learning a lot. It was costing money, and it was hurting my business because I couldn't maintain my business properly because fortunately school was in the middle of the day between one and five and that pretty much destroys a day <clears throat> yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure pretty much like oh my prime time is gone so now I'm spending anxiety up to that moment and then coming home and you're tired it's just a, a recipe for just ruining yourself so uh, but the truth is is I'm in actually in a really kind of uh, I would say middle um, uh, in a for, I don't want to say dangerous, but I'm in a little weird spot now because I'm in the middle of transitioning from my school visa to my business visa. I was just about to ask that, like what kind of visa you were on now. Yeah, so right now I'm on doesn't exist visa. It's a transitional period. When you're being judged on the, on the merit of your visa application, you kind of sit in a gray zone and, and your uh, extension is that your visa is extended as under this like judgment rule where basically you're just waiting to find out if it is extended. So right now I've got two months, two months maximum to wait. So by mid December, I'll actually know if I can stick around under my new business visa. If I can't, and just to be clear, business visa is not like a work visa. Work visa is you go to work somewhere. Here I would be in Japan running a business and the business Ooh. visa would allow me to stay here to run that business. Hmm. So I once that, that that's pretty awesome. So, so what are the 
Sorry, I hate. I don't want to keep. I'm sure you get asked this stuff like constantly. It's probably fucking. No, no one's asking ever. Oh, <laughs> all right. Really? Are you are you being serious? Right yeah. Now? No. I don't talk to anyone online. I'm too busy and I work all the time. Who am I talking oh. to? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, the, he's so mysterious. Like Doxy is the mysterious Doxy. I mean, I didn't really know a lot about him personally. No, it sounds like a carnival thing. Ah, come see the mysterious Doxy. <laughs> <laughs> why is this? Why is this hunch so big? Oh. That's gone. <laughs> His wrist oh is God. all Anyways, weird and um, gnarly. Could you explain a little bit about the requirements to get approved for a business visa in Japan? Oh, man, you want specific details? Or do uh, you want just an a, overall idea? Just a little cliff note version would be fine. All right, cliff notes. You need an approximate amount of money in a bank account. That approximate amount is roughly around $50,000. So you okay. Which... Sounds like a lot, but America is five hundred thousand. <laughs> like half Fuck. a million is needed for for you can do the same thing with America with half a million dollars. Uh, Holy fuck! So, fuck you, America! You know, suddenly, Japan doesn't sound so bad. Japan's not so bad. <laughs> when, but like the truth is, is, that money isn't like you're not spending that money. You're just yeah. plunking it in an account, and then you're going, "Hi, Japan." I have investor capital to start a business. And then as soon as it's there, it's registered and I can use it to pay, you know, the lawyer who's going to apply, do the application. The second requirement is you need a business office, which can run between 350 if you get lucky to, you know, 1000 which is just like an office of any kind. It needs a phone. It needs an address. Uh, it needs wow. the name on the front door. And then that's those two factors are pretty much what's needed. Absolutely. Do they let you? Do they let you claim a residence as a business nope. place, or does it have to be separate? It like a commercial be, space. It has to be a commercial space. Mm. It has to be not your house. So it can be someone else's private residence, but it has to have a phone number. It has to have a door, and it has to have the name of the company on the front. It has to be an accessible business. Wow. So. With those two requirements, which if you save up for a few years, that's totally viable for most people if they can, you know, stick to a budget. It's it's a lot, but it's not like you lose the money. It's just now that the money's there, you have to stick around for a few months while you go through the process. And then once the process is approved, then you're like, okay, I'm going to pay my rent with this. I'm going to pay myself a wage. I'm going to pay, uh, you know, various bills, cell phone. I'm going to pay the lawyer and his fees and etc. So it's I'm going to expense some Japanese whores. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, no. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, that's where maybe, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you might want to run it past the lawyer. <laughs> so you're like, hear me out. I'm asking for a friend. Can so I expense? It's that? not. It's not that the steps are very difficult. It's with everything. It's educating yourself and finding people to help you do it because there's a bunch of steps here that are very difficult to do as a non-japanese speaker opening up a bank account one of them uh registering your honko which is a little stampy thing with the ward office is another one you know what and that means either you have to make a friend or hire service or hire a person to like walk you through some like really complicated japanese shit and so with everything, <laughs> it's just being resourceful, finding, making 
friends or hiring people or finding a way to do those things. So really a lot of the steps so far for me has just been Japan gotten, the, the language has gotten in the way. So if you're fluent-ish and you want to go to Japan and you got and you think you could kick around 50k and put together a solid business plan where it's like, I'm coming to Japan, I want to plan to do this. And by solid business plan, I don't mean like you're not, you know, trying to be the next Microsoft, but you know, I'm coming to Japan and I want to start uh, you know, working within this industry, I plan to do, you know, make art for these clients. I plan to get clients by going to, you know, uh, conventions and approaching them directly. And it's just, it's all it is. It's like any other so, business plan. To touch on that a little bit, how, because, uh, you know, I'm probably an idiot for thinking this, but in my experience, I see like almost all Japanese hentai is censored. Like, how do they feel about you going to Japan to start a business in drawing porn, basically? So the these are this is the kind of the weird gray zone because I I am <clears throat> in Japan. I must obey Japan laws. Uh, so the the thing is, is that I can because I'm also have a Canadian business. If I send the content to my Canadian half. And have my administrator there take that content, you know, and decensor it or provide have a, a uncensored version, and they release it through through as the Canadian company, and that's fine too. Mm. Because I need because the the truth is is that uh, I can't behave. It's a really complicated question, but basically, content can be released both both adult. In Japan, must be adult and censored in Japan if I behave through my Japanese business and as a Japanese uh, person. Okay, so... But as a Kenyan business owner, my business can release, doesn't, does not subscribe to Japanese laws. It just subscribes to Canadian laws. Right. So it can release content through a, uh, a third hand. Like if I have, I have people helping me I have a person helping me with my community sites and I provide content for them and they post it as a representative of my Canadian business. So to put okay. it short, Japan doesn't give a fuck if you're doing an adult business. They don't discriminate against an adult business? No. It's a, as long as it's you're following legal. the rules? As long as you're following the rules, they don't care. It's legal. Oh, good. Okay. That was well, basically I mean, my it's question. Legal they have a the massive industry. Too, but there's this certain stigmatism, or stigma, I guess is the right word. I don't know the right yeah. word. But yeah, stigma. A stigmatism like, goes oh. in the eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. My, yeah, I don't know what the word I'm trying... There's a certain, like... Stigma. Uh, That's right. That's right. You know, That's right. Ta- yeah, it's like a taboo in the States. And, you know, to hear to hear you say, like, oh, but it's everything's fine because it's legal and no one cares in Japan. That's, Japan is really that's weird different. when it comes to adult stuff. Like, in the West, unless you're in certain pockets like the adult porn industry in, in California, and you're in these certain, you know, little pockets of people, you can't really have tits out and have parties with, you know, sex happening. It's weird. Right. <laughs> What's different about Japan and what I've, is immediately kind of offsetting is like mom and pop stores have porn in them. They have like crazy porn and they just sell it because they're just it's sent to them from distributors and they just put it there and people buy it. Uh, when you go to meet artists or you meet other people who are artists and you go to a public place to have dinner or whatever, people pull out you know, their, what the work they've done, then share it around. And people are like literally opening up and looking at erotica 
openly commenting on pages. It's like the 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 puritanical element of American life is completely does does not exist. That so, is fucking awesome. I know. I'm really seething, <laughs> seething so with weird. jealousy. It's very weird. And so you can be like, let, let's not be, let's not kid ourselves. Some people probably don't like having it sure. like that. But I mean, I've seen, you know, people crack open porn at the you know, corner store and look through it like it's no big deal. And it really isn't to this, to, to Japan and Japanese people is just, it's a form of expression and some people like sell at it and haven't built a business out of it. There's probably not a lot of religion in Japan, is there? There, I mean, there are several. There's Buddhism and there's uh, yeah, Buddhism, uh, Christianity. There's little sex. It doesn't, you know, it exists as a cultural element, but I don't <clears throat> see it so much as strongly controlling people's daily lives. Yeah, I think that's the difference. Cool. I think that's the difference, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because. Because, yeah, it, it, uh, it is completely bizarre to just, there's, like, especially if you're in, like, within, like, some uh, hentai artist circles, it's just, without your, without your most horrible, like, awful pornography right now at this dinner table and show us. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, I really, like, <laughs> you know, I can never really get a gaping butthole to look that convincing. I, I like the lines here. <laughs> That's... Dude, that's so weird because that's how I am with my friends. Like locally, I'm uh, friends with Aradabot if you know his work, mm-hmm. and we just talk so openly. Like we can't do that outside of just like you know me, him, his wife, and my boyfriend. Like it's like a totally different world when we're all just hanging out at his place. It's like there's porn everywhere, there's hentai everywhere. We're talking about buttholes, we're talking about gays, we're talking about all that shit. And as soon as you walk out the door, it's like you have to fully turn that off. It's so yeah. Weird. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it feels, sounds like, yeah, I don't know. It's a little different. It's a, I mean, to be fair, I can't have a conversation with people, but I can see, I can have, a, I can see them interacting and it being completely not a shame-based experience. That's the right. world I one day want to live in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's really world. weird. That's like, the world that. The, I don't know if you guys know Tenga, the little portable the sleeve. Egg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are like everywhere. Like. I don't know, like just if uh, you just go to normal corner stores, they're like literally, there's like, is that a fuck sleeve right beside like, <laughs> right the beside $9 the Cheetos, apple? like the yeah, like the nine dollar <laughs> apple, the Cheetos, the the you know the takoyaki nachos and these things. There's like a fuck sleeve. It's the bare necessities, man. It's so weird. You got your it's, Cheetos, you got your fuck sleeve. Dude, so everybody has to fucking masturbate. Everybody does it. Even the priest everybody. who's like, you're going to hell. He's like jerking off in the confessional, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> like, you know that shit happens. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little different. I mean, it's still, That's crazy. you know, still takes me a while to get used to certain things. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It there's Japan still has a lot of surprises for me, but the initial, like, I want to say, like, the the kind of anime erotica angle of it's kind of dissolved away and i found other things that are more interesting personally Mm. yeah do you want to go into that or no i mean it's just the architecture is really crazy here they build little everything into the littlest tiny so have you ever played second life i have seen second life not really i've seen i know what it is i've seen yeah shit in it so when people play Second Life, they get like whatever plot of land they can afford, right? And then they build whatever the fuck they can, even if it's like a sliver. Okay, sure. there are buildings that I swear are 
top six feet deep and ten stories tall. It, it, oh yeah, I've it, seen yeah. that stuff. I've seen some of that on on documentaries just, and stuff. Just weird ass shit, like buildings that are big horseshoes that go around, like a big modern building around a tiny little Jap- hundred fifty year old Japanese building. Just like whatever you can get, whatever you can build there, you build it. Like they, they, the big blocks and like it's just crazy. It is super insane. Every Japan walking down Japan, there's a nook and there's a cranny. There's something to take a picture. I don't take pictures because I'm an idiot and mostly because I want to get a nice camera and my cell phone doesn't work too good for that. But like there's a picture to take every block. So if you're into that, there's definitely some stuff for you to to snapshot. I heard that old, old Japanese architecture was built with creaking floors on purpose to defend against ninjas. Can you confirm that? It was called cricket boards. There's two nails running off against like the wood. It's real. Yes. It's real. That's real. Yeah, yes, that's real. I knew it. I knew it. I have to tell Landon. He doesn't believe me. Google up like Japanese cricket flooring or cricket something. I can't remember the name, but there's. But a But it's a real it. thing. It was to defend against ninjas who were sneaking a, up no, in there. It's to defend against sneaking, mostly perpetuated by ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Exa- okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does defeat sneaking it, people so awesome. like people sneaking up on you while you're doing stuff. That aren't ninjas, like, people are like, what are you? dude, why are you in my room again? Like, you can... I'm trying to it... jack up with my tank of egg in here, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it next to my $9 apple. Yeah, it, <laughs> it defends against sneaking, but ninjas tend to be sneakers. I mean, I'm not sure. I sh- it seems like the technology works, because it's still in a bunch of temples, so... Or a bunch cool. of, sorry, uh, castles. Oh, that's so cool. Man, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I think that people listening probably are just fucking thrilled that you're talking about this because everyone knows you live there but you don't really like i don't think you talk about it I, yes. you know uh, it's weird i kind of want to talk about it but i think i'm like my um over it when, whenever i hear anyone talk about japan i'm like fucking eye roll yeah so i never want to be that guy <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy. He's the like, these worst. kids have no idea. <laughs> or just people like, I don't know. I just, I've I've been around Japan and Japan love and all that for like so fucking long, and I've kind people of fallen idolize in and in and out of it, right? Like I've gotten into it, and then I saw fans, and I got out of it, and I was like, you know, but it's a bunch of artists I like, so I'm back in, and I make artist friends. So. Well, but people it's... do that thing, like you said, after so long, the honeymoon is over. But to everyone who hasn't experienced what you've so far have experienced, they are honeymooning forever. It's just a big yeah. grass is greener forever. Grass is always greener, baby. Yeah. Well, even, and... the people that, even the people that go over and, you know, they'll spend a week or two in Japan, like they're getting the... the uh the visiting you know the honeymoon the visit the visit thing where everything is fresh and new and oh my god it's just like my japanese animes you know yeah, it's, it's that, that whole thing i was thinking about that earlier also you know when you go to japan you're also not doing something that sucks like working like yeah, you get yeah. double yeah. bonus exactly you go to japan and you're in japan but you're also like oh i can go to do this and do this and you're do this tourist. and meet people and taste you're touring and you're on vacation so there's like a double a double whammy yeah but at and some when point you go imagine there and you live there and you're like oh fuck i'm paying rent now i'm working you're again. paying oh, rent fuck. and rent's expensive and you're like this apple costs nine dollars fuck this apple costs nine dollars <laughs> or you're like oh man i could really go for some ribs well too bad ribs aren't like you can't have ribs <laughs> why because they just don't exist here 
Well, I'm, I could get barbecue sauce. Because you're in sauce. Japan. <laughs> There's no barbecue sauce. Got to make your own barbecue sauce. Like, are you really? Yeah, and even if you made the ribs, you can't. There's no ovens in Japan unless you buy like a convention of convection oven. And it's like, oh, that's expensive. Guess I'm not having ribs. Like, this that's. The thing for me is the food thing. I don't think that would affect me at all because I pretty much eat like that anyway. I don't eat eat ribs. I don't eat meat. I don't eat anything nasty. I just eat vegetables and rice all day. Wow. And sometimes fish. So I think the food thing would not... Huh? You'd be in a good spot. Yeah, the food thing probably wouldn't affect me. I would be really mad if I paid $9 for an apple. But other than that, I think I'd be fine. If you if you if you scout up for apples, you're good. It's just you know, one time I saw five apples for three dollars, and I like kept scooping those up because I was like, Fuck "Fucking yeah. cheap ass apples!" Sweet. <laughs> I love this stuff. Hell yeah! Well, yeah. talking about the like the, you know the honeymoon phase versus reality with Japan, like I can kind of relate to some of that because I used to live in New York City for a few months or a few years. And, like, yeah, when you first get there, especially if you're visiting or whatever, it's just, you know, everyone's a tourist, and you're like, oh, my God, it's the city of infinite possibility, and everything's amazing and lit up, and people are weird, but whatever, it's a whole different world. And then you live there, and it's like, oh, God, fucking damn it, these tourists are in my way, I'm trying to get to work, just leave, you know, so. I've been to New York, and I was like, oh, there it is, and then I left. It wasn't. It didn't have an impact on me as much, but I think New York is very uh, small. Like you can only experience so much of it, and then you're like, "I did it. I'm good." Japan, yeah. it's like a whole fucking country. I've only been in Tokyo and seen so little. I haven't had a chance to go anywhere in the north, anywhere in the south, to see any oh, of the extended aspects of it. That sucks. That would be my big thing. I'd be like, I don't like the city. I don't want to live there. So, but. so that's the thing, right? When you're here and you're going to school and you're working, you're trying to make everything work. You're you like, can't do I'm it in all Japan, that stuff. and literally you can smell the things you want to do, and you just look out the window, and you're like, well, that's neat. I can't do that right now. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, actually, I have a I have a question for you. Something I've been wondering for a long time, actually. Um, you said you're in Tokyo, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so for, it's my understanding that unless you are quite well off, uh, then your living situation in Tokyo is on the small side, kind of packed in there with a lot of other people. Is that? Accurate? I mean, in the in the housing situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <clears throat> small apartments, so that they could fit more apartments in a building, kind of. Uh, thing? Can be. I mean, in Tokyo, if you really want to live in a box, you can. And it can be cheap. Okay. You don't that's live not in the, the norm? No, I live in a, a one-bedroom apartment with a living room and a kitchen area. Oh, so that's, okay. that's normal. Like a that's, standard, that's not too bad. standard living kind of arrangement for us. Uh, smallish, but not tiny. But there are okay. people who live in share houses. I don't know if you know what that is. That's where everyone decided they're going to live in a big old building. And they're going to share everything. And that, that can cost you as little as 150 if you go a really crappy spot. They do that here, too. The big houses in Seattle are so out of everyone's reach that there's, like, six people to one five-bedroom house. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the share houses are meant to accommodate, like, a few dozen people up to 100 people. Oh, fuck. And they're, okay, usually, yeah. and they're usually students. Holy shit. It's actually okay. a good That's deal for if you want to... Well... It's a good deal if you, where... you're coming as a student because you can... You, usually there's Japanese... Usually weird Japanese people who, why would they live there? But there are Japanese people to interact with usually in those houses. So I have a question. I have a question about Japan. Wait, wait, wait. It's... I wasn't done. No, I, be... okay, fine. 
<laughs> no, I didn't even ask the question I was trying to ask. Oh, I thought right. you did. No, no, no. My question, because I assumed living was kind of cramped there, which now that's been disproven. But I guess what I was getting at is, is it noisy? Like, do you have neighbors there just like in the States where they'll play fucking no, crazy bass and stuff like that? Dude, that's actually one of the problems is that it's very hard to be noisy here without getting complaints. And I mean, like, I think we got a complaint on our first two weeks because I just forgot to drop. Like, I didn't know where the volume point was. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I got a complaint from this guy. I guess that's can't get the volume higher than that. So, no, the the noise noise. Is actually so everyone in Japan is very big on not be not being an asshole or the idea of presenting themselves as not being an asshole. So you know, low low tolerance oh for noise. God. Everyone cleans up. As an American, you'll be really 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 impressed with the inability to ever throw anything away unless you bring it. So in Japan, it's expected for you that any garbage you make, you bring that home with you. So you could be out for five hours going to Akiba on the train and never seeing a single garbage because you're expected to take whatever garbage you create and bring that all the way back home and throw that away, which is something I think most Americans would be really, really angry with. Uh, That's well. definitely different. That yeah, is different, as well yeah. all the garbage sorting. I wouldn't sorting, be angry, like, but it would be strange. Like, hmm. the inability to just chuck shit out. Like, I understand, like, uh, when you're uh, you know, recycling, but here it's like, oh, you gotta wash out the milk carton and then fold it flat. I'm like, really? That's crazy. Like, <laughs> you gotta clean, you gotta clean out all your tins and wash out your bottles. I'm like, but it's garbage already. Why am I doing that? Like, <laughs> and if you think to yourself, like, oh, I'm I just understand not do the it. reason. There are guys, the garbage guys. They they inspect the garbage, and then the building gets a fine. What? And then, and then your bot, and then your. Uh, then your landlord gets on your ass about it. So, whoa, yeah, there's no way around it, and it, and it's kind of funny because every ward in Tokyo is a little different. Some of them don't give a shit. Other ones, it's like micro focused on this sort of deal. Shit. So, so there's a lot of things about Japanese life that you get to kind of get get accustomed to. So, and that's one of them is you can't just toss garbage anywhere, and when you do, it has to be in the right bin. That's really cool. Um, I got yelled at once by the garbage men when I lived in Arizona because we were putting our recyclables in a plastic bag and then throwing the big bag into the bin. And they were like, mm. hey, you can't put the plastic bag in here. You have to dump everything out of the bag and don't put the bag in here. <laughs> if we could, mm. we, for some reason, we got yelled at like three times. We were so incapable of remembering that. And I was mm. like, for fuck's sake, I'm not going to recycle then. I am way above this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, I just said. You know, the very American. I'm going to... I, if I can't just throw my cans without cleaning this gross tuna out, I'm going to get mad. Right. I was like, what the it's fuck bullshit. is a plastic bag? What the, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I get, we started, so here, I was just so throwing a little bit. <laughs> the craziest thing about this ward is that if you want to throw cardboard out, you actually have to pull all tape and stickers off of the cardboard. Ah. <sighs> So picture yourself oh, ordering something a huge on Amazon. Pain in the ass. Yeah, 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 it is a shitty, shitty job, and uh, that's like part of like they won't pick up. They won't, I don't know if it's a fine or they won't pick up the cardboard, but it's part of the deal. And you're like, this is such. God, I feel like such work. a privileged American right now, being like, oh my god, I have to take the tape <laughs> off my cardboard box for fuck's sake. God, I understand the reasoning, and I think that it should be a universal rule, honestly. 
but yeah, I mean, once you get it, used to it, it be a change. then you're like, yeah, whatever. But man, you're such a grump when you first have to do it. Yeah, imagine so. Anyways, oh my god, we've talked about this for 47 minutes. Should we ask some Wait, Q&As? Well, hey, well, you, just had, <laughs> you just had a question that I interrupted you with. What, what was it? It's not important. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> Alright. Well, whatever then. Okay, uh, I have to are ask we it. Okay. Yeah, do it. I'm gonna get a little probably people getting mad about asking this, but I have heard that... When an attractive white woman goes to Japan, she is, like, kind of idolized or stared at a lot or some kind of, like, they're not used to it or something. Is that um, true? Here's, this is a dark question. You didn't even know you asked. So, Japan <laughs> I need to know. Bit, I need to know. Japan has a bit of a, a few hurdles to get over with when it comes with... The mere concept of sexual harassment. Um, oh, it's yeah. not to okay. say they aren't taking steps, you know, and they're making efforts. They have the women-only trains and all that sort of stuff. But that kind of seems like they're kind of sidestepping the problem. Like, separating the women from men it does, is like... Like, you kind of need to be addressing the men, too. You can't just separate them. Like, that seems like... No one can control how much food they eat, so we're going to lock the fridge. Like, well, we need to deal with the weight eating problem not the fringe yeah. accessibility right, it's a be- problem it's a behavioral thing it's a, yeah. so you know they're quite but really what it ends up being is that from my limited understanding because i do not want to present myself as an expert i i am not a japanese expert i can only tell you from what i've seen from sure the westerner point of view on this deal not even westerner foreigner perspective and it seems to me that certain people who wish to be uh, lecherous and or, you know, handsy, um, they tend to target non-Japanese people. So it's not even just white women. It's Thai, Korean, you know, uh, Chinese. Basically, women that don't really have an option. Like, who are you going to complain to? Well, you're going to complain to the police. Well, you're a traveler. You're going to be gone soon. So it's, I feel like it's less of a white woman thing and more of a opportunity with no real risk thing. Because if you harass uh, foreigners, you're kind of like washing your hands of whatever problems do arise. And you have the advantage of like, who are they going to believe? A Japanese person or this foreigner who can barely speak english and will be able to explain themselves yeah oh man that's fucked so it's more like i feel like from what i've heard because i've heard similar problems with uh someone who was from taiwan i've heard problems with like just various races and these are usually what connects them all together is that they, they can be visibly seen to be not japanese and they're somewhat attractive mm. uh, that and if you go to anywhere that has a lot of drunk people who are looking to party uh that'll that'll attract that sort of attention pretty quickly damn that sucks <clears throat> yeah and well. it's not to say it's kind of funny because the exact same thing is happening in japan from the other standpoint where usually all the the american uh bases have that opposite problem where americans go to local businesses in japan from the bases and then 
do whatever they want with the local women, which has actually been a few problems lately because of that. That was in the news from a few years ago. And then they do whatever they want. Like, well, you know, if there's a problem, I'll transfer out. I'm not from here. I can do whatever I want. It's kind of like the same thing that from a different direction. <clears throat> Fuck. Yeah. So have you ever been groped on the train on your penis? <laughs> no. <laughs> you sound so disappointed. I think I'm too imposing. Unfortunately, I'm 6'1", and I weigh double oh, well, the weight yeah. of most Japanese people. Yeah, my boyfriend's 6'4", been... who tower over those Japanese people. I've been hit on by a man, Well, but that's about it. That's a start. Did it involve yeah. hands and groping? Because it doesn't count um, if it doesn't. I mean, there was <laughs> there was some gentle there was some gentle hand touching and caressing. Oh <laughs> man, that's so cute. But I like completely. Actually, it's kind of funny. I finally got to know. So, not to get too much into this, but I had a person pursue me, and they were using one of their uh, strengths to help me through school. They, they were giving providing services and so forth. And then it became apparent at some point, like, oh, this person's like. They're doing this to, like, get with me. <laughs> then I felt, like, really cheap and crabby. I was like, oh, is this, like, what dudes do all the time? Oh. They, like, find a, <laughs> they find an entry point. Like, they find an angle or something that they're good at that the girl needs. Like, oh, Get the weak one. And then, like, <laughs> and then they'll come in with that. And then the, the girl is like, oh, someone's helping me. How nice of them. I could really use their help. And then it, I was like, oh, no, this guy just wants... I'm trying to fucking go through school and this guy's just trying to fuck me. Now. Like, I totally, yeah. like, I got it before, but i never been in that situation where I was like, oh, that really sucks. Like, that's such Aww. a shitty thing. Yeah, that's so, fucked up. I mean, it I makes told, sense, though. I totally get it now. I totally get that, that, like, I mean, I got it before, but I really totally got it. Like, you just, you're like, I'm just trying to do a thing. Don't need <laughs> dudes prying into what I'm fucking trying to do with my life just as, like, an entry point. And it feels really shitty, too, like... This person's using something you you could benefit from as leverage point against you. Uh, it's like that whole like put tokens in and then sex comes up deal. Yeah, that's sucky. Uh, it kind of happens everywhere, but I bet in a place where foreigners are involved, it's like highly worse. Yeah, it just it feels like you have no options because you can't really speak the language. You don't know where to go to. You feel kind of limited in everything you do. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. That would be very scary. I probably have many panic attacks. Yep. Come to Japan. Well, anyways, uh, Hizzy, um, <laughs> I don't even need to go to our like list of things. Go through your list. Been, we'll knock them out one by one. Fucking great. No, we can't. Yeah. I have to pee really bad. <laughs> it's, it's been an hour. There's no way we're going to switch to another topic after this. This was um, 54 minutes. We still got six minutes. <laughs> hey, All right, here we go. Go. <laughs> we can always do a part two as well. Like, this isn't Either be do the a only part time. two or do a supplemental. It's not a big deal. We can hit those yeah. points if you want. We should at least you do can, a couple Q&As, though. Do Q&As. Yes. Because honestly, well, this, this thing we're talking about now was basically the topic for the podcast. So it's not like we're bitching out. No, yeah, yeah. So, Hizzy, you've got the Q&As on your end, right? I've got, I've got kind of one. I've got two. All right, we'll answer the easy right. one first. Uh, what you... <laughs> okay, no, that, that, I, I've got to do that one last. Okay. Um, for all of us, the question is... What made us decide on our art style? Is it an inspiration from other artists, a, a desire to emulate fandoms, or differentiate yourself? Like, what makes us decide on how we go with our art style? Well, <clears throat> since my 
drawings have literally <laughs> in the te- past 10 years have been gone through like multiple variations. Um, it's kind of hard to, for me to really talk about that. I mean, really, the best way I could say it is I, I, when I'm experimenting and exploring, I'm trying to build something that I feel is unique and different and special that can really like feel like people can identify that that's me. But when I do yeah. more yeah. traditional like erotica stuff, I tend to really look towards artists I have a lot of respect towards and in the hopes of not being just one another person who just rips off another person's style, I try to, as much as possible, like merge two or three of my biggest tops influences into its own kind of super style. And yeah. and sometimes yeah. I kind of wish I could just rip artists off because like I see people do that and they do really well and it's like awesome for them. But a part of me is like, I've had that happen to me so often. I kind of can't bring myself to just go on Cause like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, I can really kind of, if I really want to emulate, I can get shit close. But then, you know, at some point I got to keep doing that. If I build a fan base off of that, I got to keep making something that I might hate doing. So you got to keep an eye on what you're doing. And and so for me, my style is either me truly exploring like shape style and the, the concepts of style. And then you can see that in some of my work. And the other half is me going like, these artists are amazing. How do I incorporate what they've done so far into what I'm doing? And that's about, it's about half and half on that. Nice. Yep. I kind of feel the same. Uh, I go through a lot of different styles. Like I, I'm always changing. I'm always trying new things. For a while, my style was just so all over the place. You couldn't even tell one picture from the other. Like mm. you could never tell I did both pictures, for example. But just recently, Flux told me, that I have a specific style that I draw, like a, the way I draw a face. I guess it's yep. recognizable now, unless I like to go off board and try like a little anime face or cartoon. I think he's saying you have the but... same face. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always seem to land back on that one style of face, though. So I guess. No, it's good. I don't know, I don't know how uh, I got to con- that, though. A consistent, reliable style is, is a really important. Uh, it is, but I get so bored. Like, that's why I change so much, because I get bored of drawing the same thing. Mm, yeah. It's an inner turmoil. That's, yeah. Well, you you also don't have anything, like, you, you're not working on a comic or anything right now where you have to stay in one style. Yeah. So you have the luxury of just, you know, experimenting and doing kind of what you want. Yeah. Within reason. I think, like, if I had to do it, if I had to really pick up a project that I kept having to do over and over, and this is probably what's kind of really held me back as far as reaching a a wider audience, which is just having a consistent product that people can read for months and months and months, it'd have to be something where it can, the world exists to have a varying style, or I'd just hate myself. That makes so much sense. The the only thing I've made in the past few years that I really enjoyed making and really liked the look of was my League of Legends comic. And my whole goal with that was like, don't worry about style. Just do shapes you like. And that's it. And if I had to approach it again, I'd have to approach it like that. Just find... That was a really good way, comic, too. It was find a way to set the world in a way where you just don't have to worry about consistency and style. And people will come along for the ride. And then that'll be cool. That'll be fine. But as you know, as an artist, you start panicking about this and that and blah 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 oh yeah that but was the I one think... with uh jinx and vi and she yeah. was running away they were ch- yeah i love that comic that was one of my favorites from you mm. um that question was from a bag of advil flux did you want to answer that question or sure um 
I mean, you guys both pretty much touched on it, but um, along the same vein that Doxy was saying, like taking certain elements from artists that I appreciate um, without trying to copy their style completely. Because uh, I remember when I was first starting out and I was like, oh man, I, I love all these people and I want to do what they do. And, you know, everyone starts by emulating something. <laughs> but um, I had a big thing for uh, Urushihara for a little while. And I was like, okay, so I started trying to do his style, and, like, I I knocked out a couple pieces that were sort of kind of close. You know, bear in mind, this was, like, 20 years ago. I was just about to say, careful, you're really dating yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people know I'm an old fuck, so it's fine. But um, Jesus, motherfucker. I was like, I I knew what that word was. We're all old here. Toxie thinks he's, like, some super um, old guy, but we're all old. in more recent years, I'll take someone that I admire, like Ishike, oh, and uh, I will yeah. I will try and I will try and incorporate a certain way of like, okay, I like how he does abs, like shading abs. So I'll try and pay more attention to that area when I'm doing the next piece or something like that. L- little inspirations without actually trying to copy. I can kind of see that so. in your stuff. I see a little Ishike in there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love his stuff. It's so that. cute, soft. He's so fucking good. Yeah, he's so fucking good really good all right nice that question was from a bag of advil thank you bag of advil thanks bag my bag all right um this one is sort of a strange question i'm going to rephrase it because it's a little weird is this one of those one paragraph long questions a little um so in short from nero 666 i mean nero 44 (laughs) his name is nero 666 on my server right now because it's halloween um oh to everyone basically what do you not like drawing what could you kind of be like i don't really want to draw this ever again and i'd be cool with that oh we're going with that question i thought we were rephrasing that that is rephrased <laughs> that's a weird that's rephrased? question to ask i don't know i mean like i never go like <sighs> shit i was having a really hard time uh this is a weird question because it's like if i don't want to draw it i don't draw it but i put myself into situations where i'm like oh, i gotta get this comic done i don't really like it too much um how I've... about how about how about how about this um rather than, <laughs> rather than us talking about what we don't want to draw and possibly inadvertently pissing off someone who we've done work for <laughs> why don't we turn that around everyone knows my answer what kind what kind of uh what particular subjects do you wish you could draw more of oh yeah like if you you wish like oh god give me more of this if you could get away with drawing something that you love for the foreseeable future and making bank off of it what would that be um well i think i mentioned this privately to a few people uh as with almost every other erotic artist who's been doing it for 10 years, anything that has to do with not porn. Uh, yeah. Right. Basically, it's like, oh, man, I got, I've gotten pretty good. And I'm doing all this stuff. You know, I really got into porn because, like, usually people get, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons to get into rock music. And there's all sorts of reasons to get into art. And those reasons are your reasons. And there's no really good or bad reasons but whatever some people they want to be popular and other people they want to have money and other people want fame other people an audience it doesn't doesn't really matter but from then at some point some of us were like i like for instance i built what i built from my early days as uh, onto and heart blush to first of all wean myself off of a business 
working for a company and then put myself in a situation where because I just really want to draw at work and I was never getting those opportunities for like years and I was seeing other people who who were getting those opportunities not that they were better artists they were just less useful so they're like okay you designed this well you know you do the shit job we need to really get this product out and I was like fuck this sucks so <laughs> really for me it was just like I need I need a project. I need something that can I can build that has stakes, that has people's money on the line because I want to consistently work on this and build my art and build what I'm doing because if I don't, I'm going to really regret it like, you know, 10 years down the line, which I am now, where I'm not I didn't put in that time and I don't have the skills I want. Now that I've gotten to a point and it's like taken a long time for me. There are other artists who get this almost instantly and they're amazing and we all know their names, but a lot of the amazing artists out there, what they get is at some point they become comfortable with art. And um, I actually saw this with JJ Frenchie back in 2011. Oh, I love JJ Frenchie. 2013, okay. Between those two phases, I, I don't know if he just sat down and got a job where he could draw all the time or if he got a job, he draw all the time and then drew at home. But he blew the fuck up, not so much as, you know, popularity, but he his his... his quality of art exploded and that yeah. had to do a lot with him just drawing enough that there is a comfort and ease and joy to what he's doing and that's taken me way longer to get mostly because part of the restriction that i've had with my businesses is i've had a limited ability to explore because of the requirements of my business so i would say just recently i've gotten to a point where i've kind of fleshed out and developed a non-adult style and when i sit down to draw this it's like very comforting and i don't want to say easy but you know it can be challenging but it doesn't have that like oh we draw the eye we draw the eye we draw the eye we do this get these lines up all lined up it's like a it feels more like a, a waterfall of expression instead of uh you know trying to match a cookie cutter shape that you have in mind of what it's supposed to look like and it's a completely different way of like kind of approaching and the art that comes out of it is completely different and has a complete different vibe and so i've gotten to this point where i'm like wow i could i feel like i could really express this these ideas and these these stories i have but they're not adult i have no fandom for it and to give my ideas a fair shake because of the western stigma i need to build this from scratch and approach it from that angle and I just trying to bridge that gap so for me if you ask me what I would like to draw more I would like to draw more of that stuff it's not to say I don't appreciate drawing adult content and bodies you know I've gotten good at that and it's really helped me hone my um, hone my output so that it's a high quality well put together good drawing but at some point you draw enough and you're like it's not so much about the good drawings. It's like, what am I going to do with the skill I have? I want to say something now. And I think that just yeah. comes across for everyone. At some point, you're like, I can now say stuff that actually mean a lot to me. But I built an audience who's more interested in something different from me. And how do I bridge that gap? Or yeah. how do I make that work together? So for it's, me... It's like, you've, it's like you've discovered a new form of expression, but now you need someone who will listen to it. Yeah, and it's not to say I haven't done it before. You know, when I built Doxy, it was literally I needed to contain a new form of expression because I was stagnating as Anta. And when I did that, you know, a lot of people, of course, the internet was like, he just used his, his name as Anta. Like, I didn't. Actually, I purposefully <laughs> went out of the way to build it out of nothing. 
um, because I wanted to know if I could appeal to a new audience if I had that. Like, you know, you ask yourself if you're a fluke or not. It's not so important, but it was more important for me to just build a new audience that wasn't attached to the fur fandom. I was interested in a new kind of fan base. And, you know, I did that, and it, but it took a while to kind of build and, you know, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, there's definitely, it's in me again to do it. But there's a thing about adult content that you don't get about other medias is that adult content has like direct one-to-one effort in payout where you, you put in a little work and you get a little back. With clean stuff, you can like sit and work and be ignored for a long ass time, but then it can really pay off later. So your investment and your, and it can become way more bleak feeling. Uh, when you're not doing the adult content, because there's always an immediate fan base, especially if you focus on the fetishes of people who are willing to just pay up immediately. Yeah. So hopefully that answers that question, which is just a really wordy way of saying, yeah, uh, non, non clean, clean stuff. I'd like to draw more Hizzy? clean stuff. Honestly, that's pretty much my answer. I was going to say, Hizzy, you and you and you and Doxy need to talk. Yeah, we... <laughs> like on your own because. Yeah, you, you just, we talked you about it a words. little. I feel yeah. so emphatically the same. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um. Fuck, I don't even have an answer for this. What What do I wish I could draw more of? Like, um, because I, I don't know. I I'm maybe I haven't been doing it as long, and maybe that's the reason. I don't know, but I'm still. I'm still okay with doing porn and stuff. Like, yeah, I have more fun these days when I can incorporate different ideas that isn't just two people fucking. Um, because it gets so fucking old. And it's like, okay, I've already shown the human body, or at least the female body, from almost every conceivable angle. And I'm like, how many different ways can I show, you know, this person giving a blowjob or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, when I get the chance to do stuff that's sort of outside the box or, or God forbid, an action scene. I fucking love doing action scenes. Like, people battling and debris flying all over the place and things clanging and, you know, stuff like that. But again, as, as Doxy said, like, us three artists and, and any any erotic artist out there, you're you're doing a thing and you're you're doing it for a reason. You're trying to appease a crowd that wants to see a certain thing and trying to break away from that and work on something that's not expected is uh it's a bit of a challenge feels almost impossible especially because i don't have enough art energy in me to do both i don't yeah like when i have art energy i need to be drawing porn for my website there's no exception or i need to be working on a commission like i don't have time to just sit there and start a new web comic or or start do drawing a comic that i've had in my mind for years that i just keep saying oh i'll get to it someday i'll get to it someday that day is never gonna come if I have to keep yeah. drawing porn, like it just—it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So you gotta like—I don't know. You, you, it's kind of funny because it sounds like I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, it's kind of like we've typecast ourselves. We have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and the worst part the, is for me personally, I don't know if you guys are the same, but I only started drawing it because it's the only thing that I could make any money off of. Hmm. Yeah, no. I don't it, give a fuck about me, porn, honestly. I'm glad I can draw yeah, it well, but I don't care about it. Like, for me at the time when I was, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons, but yeah, at the time when I entered furry industry, 
sorry, industry. At the time, it was not even, a, I can't even call it an industry, but, you know, it seemed like something I wanted to do, but it also seemed like there, were, there was a potential for a more professional way to approach content delivery. Mm. Um, and that, that worked out for me, but it was really about timing for me and why Hard Blush worked. Um, you know, had it been a little too early or a little too late, I don't think it would have done so well. But, but yeah, no, definitely there are reasons. And I mean, the, those reasons, you're allowed to change your reasons to why you want to draw. Um, and if your fans are fine and clear, like if you're open to your fans about why you do stuff, I find it never goes out, goes wrong, especially if you're just being earnest. The problem, of course, is that the Chans and all the other people who have a decision they made for everyone is that artists don't trace, they don't use reference, and they shouldn't make any money. But those aren't really your friends. Those are people who've decided things. Yeah. Um, for everyone yeah. else. Yeah. I don't but care fans about are like, the opinions of them. Honestly, I don't. You know, I've had people email me and post it like, make these products. I want to give you money. Like, okay, well, here, I'll try to do that. But it's people, fans of yours want to give you money. That's why they're called a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just a guy or a girl that don't give a shit. Or or the a worst case scenario, a, a hater, a person who doesn't like you. But, um, but yeah, a fan will want to support you and have you do what you're doing and have a good, easy life. That's that's why they, the partially reason why they pay you for anything is because they, they, they care about the content, but they also care about you as a creator. So I think being honest to them about that isn't really, like you know, Hizzy was saying, it's there's nothing wrong with being honest about that. Like I said, people get into rock and roll. Some people just want to make lots of money. And we've celebrated those people. We're like, yeah, rock and roll, making money, doing drugs. Yeah. Like, that's Those aren't <laughs> yeah. honest like things to brag home about. But that's <laughs> problem, what that is. Yeah. The problem comes from when you decide you don't want to do that anymore. And you have nothing to fall back on. Yeah. Well, this is when you figure something out. I'm kind of there. <laughs> Solved it. Solved it for it. No, I mean, it's a complicated situation. <laughs> uh, put money away. Maybe find someone to work with. I mean, there's a bunch of ways to solve this. But it's with everything you do and everything you've done before, what you've done now, there's always risk and worries. And and honestly, like everything you've ever read about your, you know, making choices in your life, it's not so much about making those choices and doing them. It's about like the, the 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 mystery of doing it like people don't come to japan not because because it's hard and it is hard it can be really hard it can also be really easy if you just have enough money and you pay everyone to solve all your problems but reality is and for me i'll say this almost immediately one of the reasons i didn't come to japan is because i had made up so many reasons why i couldn't do it um a lot of those reasons all solve themselves while they were here. In fact, you'll find that you'll solve most problems when it means you have to be evacuated from a country and go back home. That you'll you're ready the to pressure. solve most problems once the pressure and that like your your life on. state yeah your life yeah. state your your well being is like if you don't do this you just you can't just go next week if you don't do this there is no next week exactly. so I think for most exactly. people they need just a gentle enough of manageable pressure that they've chosen to put themselves in so for me it's you know going to japan or starting a business i've made those choices i've put that pressure on me um you know while in japan i found that there was too much pressure and i needed an out and you know there or i 
I've taken on too many projects and you know, I have to start cutting away some of these projects or focusing on what I'm doing. So there's there's mistakes to be made, but you'll never really find get there if you've kind of built the, a repertoire of excuses as to why you can't pull it off. But, you know, I'd like to give you the perfect way to get out, get out of the situation that you're in. But I think for me, um, what I've found helps is ensuring that what I'm working now is something that is short and easy to manage. I haven't overthought it and that I've built something into the story or what I'm doing that I want to tackle as an artist and that is uh, emotionally and creatively fulfilling. That way, even if maybe you kind of get dry on the content or I get kind of overdone on it, I can either kind of pull an early plug on it and go like, okay, I'll do part two sometime later or focus in on things that it's like, this isn't like, oh, I really want to get good at clothing folds and, you know, clothing outfits and stuff. This isn't that important to telling the story. It's not important to most people won't care, but it's something in there for me. I'm, I'm going to put it in there. So I think that's another yep. way to approach that as well. I like that. Yep. I completely agree with that. You could have also said has he bullshit. When I, when I was tell- <laughs> has he remember when I was telling you to like draw some your girls with pets and stuff? Yeah. And, like just incorporate like cute idea, like this same same kind of thing basically. Like put something in there, even if it's a project or 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 a commission or whatever, something that your your heart is not completely in. If you could put something in there that means something personally to you, or you're improving upon something specific that matters to you, then you know small small victories basically. Yeah, I've had a few lately. Yeah, you've pumped out some really fucking good work lately. I don't think you give enough yourself enough credit. <laughs> I'm very biased, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you also live in the same spot, so. It'll be weird. Wait, we don't live in the same spot. You think we're roommates or something? He's all the way on the East Coast. Oh, is he? On the East Coast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Shit, yeah. you guys sound like you're in the same goddamn room. <laughs> no, we both have the same microphones that oh. might actually have something to do with it. <laughs> that actually explains, like, the, the audio quality was immaculately the same. Wow. So, yeah, yeah we, we're, both using, uh, we're both using Yetis. So. Oh, well, there we are. Yep. Cool. All right. well, I found well, something This new. podcast brought to you by Blue Reality. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Living Separately. Try it. <laughs> this podcast Remember, brought kids, to you by get out $9 of your apples. House. <laughs> wow. Man, you think well, the $9 you apples are crazy? Wait till you see the $100 melons. Fuck no. Dude, okay, I, ha- I have to ask you because it's... it's... Okay, if you're going to ask that, I'm going to go pee. Go pee. Okay. Sounds good. Meanwhile, I'm going to ask Doxy, okay. <laughs> uh, how common is the whole square watermelon thing? Never seen one. Really? But you know what I'm talking about. Yep. It's probably a small window of time where they sell it and people can pick it up. And they probably just buy it to impress their friends and that's about it. Okay, so it's not. It's more of like a, a little novelty kind of thing. You know, every else. time I think about expensive fruits in Japan, I think about... There was a short period of time in England where... No one could afford pineapples, but there were pineapples. So what people would do hmm. is they would rent a pineapple and display it, have guests over. They'd all look at the pineapple, and that was it. And then the pineapple would leave that day and go to another house. Because what? it's so... Yeah. That, I'm serious. So they'd rent... Renting... They'd rent a pineapple. Yeah. And then put it in the... And they'd put it... 
display it prominently and bring guests over and have tea and be like, oh, wow, these are these pineapples I've been hearing about. And like, oh, yeah, it's all the way from, you know, Barbados or wherever the pineapple comes from. I actually don't know. But back in those days, I assume about 100-ish years ago, maybe 150, maybe 200, there was a point where England was getting pineapples, but they were so rare that it was more there was more value in renting them out as a sh uh, talking point than to that, to slice and eat it. And that I, is the weirdest fucking shit that I've heard today. And I feel <laughs> the Japanese food, uh, Jap uh, Japanese fruits kind of almost sits in that category where you come in and it's a person that just has a melon and everyone knows how much those cost. You're like, like oh, well, that's nice you got that. You know, who's that for? Or you, you know what I mean? Or you give it to someone. And also in, Jap in a lot of Asian societies, you don't have to open a gift in front of people. Oh. Uh, the West is all about okay. immediately satisfying the gift giver's ego and pride. Yeah, definitely. But Japan, you can just take a bunch of gifts and hide them and be like, oh, open those later. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so that huh. they don't don't have to show their disappointment to their guests or to the gift giver. <laughs> um, oh, so, good. So yeah, like if Nicolas a, Cage movie. That's what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> no, like if a, if, a, if a Japanese person gives you a gift, you probably just can put it aside and they won't pester you about opening it so it's wow. weird but it's yeah so when i think about japanese food uh japanese veg fruits and vegetables especially the fruits and i think about how expensive they are i think of it more as a centerpiece like a like an expensive um fruit basket the, the fruit are kind of almost not the point the point is that it's a present it's a fancy time presentation dealio that is super weird but also super interesting yeah. <laughs> i don't think it exists Kizzy, are you here i am here you are here i had one of those everlasting yeah. peas because i held it so long <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones and it's like oh my god come on already yeah. all right um <laughs> we've done all the q a's we're gonna do for this one right yeah i only had those two really okay <laughs> so the whole uh, so that's what the whole channel was worried about with the one to ask you know, they kind of just throw them in there just because we ask for them. I don't think anyone really cares. But it's oh, nice to fill in yeah. space. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we didn't have that problem so much on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 55 minutes of solid solid material. That's pretty fucking good. Um, so, uh, obviously, Doxy, thank you for, for joining us on the podcast, man. It was really super cool to talk it to was. you. It was. No problem. No problem. Incredibly cool. I uh, hope I don't come off as a, a blabbermouth. That can happen on my end. Uh, it's mostly because I never talk, ever get to talk here. So then I'm like, oh boy, talk him. Oh, well, no, this <laughs> podcast was about you. So it's perfect. Oh, and I think yeah, I think we should, probably do, we should probably do another episode with Doxy in the future, too. Well, yeah, we can do a part two. Yeah. That'd be fine with that. Cool. That sounds um, great. So most people know who you are, but in case uh, one of the listeners lives in in a cave and has never heard of you how do they uh where can they go to find your work do a little plug uh yeah so my let's not talk right into the microphone like that and peek it but uh i was leaning forward right in there he's so, so excited i was one to actually just want to verify what my twitter is because that's pretty much where i'm active right now i was active on tumblr for a long time until the risk of losing my uh, tumblr popped up every other month 
Um, I remember that. So, I remember that. So I moved over to Twitter. So at Doxy Onta, D O X Y O N T A, um, and I'll just fucking tweet. Usually if once or twice a day, maybe some bunch. Of, when I'm really getting into some drawings, I'll post a ton, fuck ton of drawings. And then I hadn't been updating my prismblush.com, prismblush.com website. But uh, so that's not prison, P-R-I-S-M-B-L-U-S-H.com. But I've returned to updating it mostly from my Zootopia comic I started to do. Um, and mostly because my time's freed up recently because of this visa thing. I'm not in school. I can focus on things. So that's kind of being built back up. Uh, but the past like six months, I've been kind of MIA and I'm trying to rectify that and get some traffic back to that. So those are the two major spots. Of course, between Twitter and prismblush.com, there'll be links to other, you know, media and more sharing sites and social sites. So you can go through there. And if you want to look at my initial foray into uh, business and art, you can go to hardblush.com. Just a note of warning. It has a lot of gay furry dudes, and that's pretty much all it features. So if you're not into that, you probably want to back out. If you're into that, it's probably the only site and the best site that does feature those two things. So give that a whirl as well. Nice. That is the best plug for real. I'm like, what the fuck? Usually we're like, hey, talk about yourself. And they're like, oh, geez. Okay. Oh, geez. Also, uh, Prison Blush, new comic, I call it. Lots of gay prison sex. Oh, prison blush. (laughs) You're saying he should start a thing. Uh, Yeah, prison blush isn't a thing. Prism yet. It is about to be. (laughs) She's saying she's saying she's printing money for you right now. She she nabbed it on uh, on GoDaddy already. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. right. Well, it was super awesome getting to know you a bit. I was as entertained as our listeners will be, and probably even more. Sounds yep. good. Hope they enjoyed whatever the hell came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Pillow Fort Pub. We will see you next time. See ya. See ya. Take care, guys. Bye.